The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the two-point conversation football talk for fans by fans right here on the network at bicbp-radio.com my name is matt johnson one of your hosts and alongside with me is the wizard of jaws derek jaws in the house as always for our discussion topic episodes there we go got it out there uh how you doing buddy how you feeling uh it was a tough one tough one last night buddy yeah. Two nights ago. Whatever this episode airs, whatever. Stupid. Yeah, the buzz around work was uh not a very happy one. The Patriots fans were pretty happy. They were uh the, the two Patriots fans that, that are residing by work, they were they were pretty stoked. They were high fiving and and I don't know, probably poking each other with playing Star Wars. I don't know. I don't know. They were really excited. They were um pretty delighted, but uh yeah, Bills fans are pretty sober. I, we're going to give you plenty of opportunity to rant today. Um, I can assure you that to our listeners, that'll be our final discussion topic of today. Uh, I want Jaws to uh, have the opportunity to rant and rave about his team the same way that I've had uh, the opportunity to rant and rave about my team. So, um, so yeah, so we will certainly get into that. Of course, uh, let's start off with our takeaways from week 13. We always like to start off with those. Uh, and Josh, we'll start off with you for that, my man. What are some of the biggest takeaways you took away from uh, from week 13? Well, uh, let's start with the entire AFC North just doesn't want to win the division. <laughs> they, 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 but they all want to be wild cards, apparently. I don't get it. I don't understand. Um, <clears throat> and I understand this. A lot of this comes from, you know, you're, you're, you should be built to win your division, right? right? You should be built to do well against... Your division, because the easiest way to make the playoffs is to win your division. Correct. But holy crap, uh, none of these teams want anything to do with a win. The Bengals come out and look like world beaters, and then they get their cheeks clapped. And they the might Ravens be in trouble. Look like, they uh, might be in trouble. They might be. Um, and then they'll come out next week and they'll they'll, they'll torch somebody. Like the, the 49ers are going to look inept against them somehow. <laughs> um, you know, the... The Steelers, the Steelers offense has no re, has no business winning football games. And here they are winning football games against the Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson. I don't know, man. I've been saying it for a while. Best athlete on the field. Not a good quarterback. No, just, we've been we've been hot and cold on him lately, haven't we? Right. We were like, oh, wow, he's getting better. And then, oh, wow, he's everything that everybody has said about him uh, with these INTs and, and everything. Just these, these silly plays. He's just. He went from another MVP as he was an MVP candidate, probably in the first half of the season, maybe. And then nothing, nothing, not a thing. I mean, it's, you know, and, and my, and my biggest thing on him is always like, when you make him throw the football, you know, if you overcommit to stopping the run, he'll burn you because he'll find the wide open guy that is there because you're so worried about him running. Well, then you got the Steelers, <clears throat> excuse me, the Steelers who, 
don't need to overcommit to that because they do have a good front seven and they can do it with some combination of four or five guys, six guys sometimes, which allows them to play coverage. But then there were guys open that they were just, the throws were bad. I mean, there was one to uh, Hollywood Brown on the sidelines, nobody within 10 yards of him. He had to go to his knees and cradle it to make the catch. And then he got up and got tackled right away. Like that's a bad throw. I can make that throw. I don't know if I could do it in an NFL game, but I can make that throw. <laughs> right, right. He's, he's, putting like, it, he's, he's putting his, you know, his his teammates in a dangerous and uh, often compromising position. That's never a good thing either. You know, and ball ballsy move to go for the W. Um, I I don't agree with with the call personally. I think in that game you you kick the ball, you go to overtime, and you know if I'm if I'm the Ravens there, I'm saying I'm going to kick the extra point, tie the game, and I'm going to hope I, I win the toss and you don't touch the football. Right. Because I have that confidence in my offense. And I don't think you can stay that hot on my defense. Instead, no, we're going to go for the win right now because I, and, and listen, they're a great team from the five-yard line in. They always had, they, and they have been for three years. But Lamar didn't have his best game throwing yesterday. And what did you do? You took your weakness, which is your passing game, and went against their strong point, which is their defensive front. And even if he completes that pass, I don't know. I don't know if Andrews gets in. There's two Steelers bearing down on him. Oh, and the throw was crap. I could make that throw. Like, but an NFL quarterback that people are trying to convince me. And if that was his miss on the day, sure. But he had like six or seven. They were they was bad. Right. I I don't know, man. I and and this is going to be the thing that holds them back as it has been the thing that's held them back for two, three years now. Yeah. As we get closer to the the postseason, yeah, this hasn't been, definitely has not been his best year, um, you know, for, for sure. He has had to overcome a lot. He has looked better as a passer in some games and is, is definitely not in, in others, but um but the, the point of the AFC North is is, is particularly interesting because I think the Steelers were the only ones. Oh, Browns run a bye, right? And then I think the Steelers were the only ones who won, and they're the bottom feeders right now. Um, yeah, it's yeah, they're they're half a loss ahead of the Browns, right? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it's getting crazy in the AFC North right now. Um, yeah, I will pile onto that. I think with the injuries, especially with Joe Burrow, he's got that sprained pinky finger. Um, you know, that could be a pretty severe thing. Didn't that happen to Andy Dalton like six years ago when they were having their like their their really good team? I think it was like the 2015 season. He jam- so. he sprained his thumb or pinky finger or something like that, and the whole season went downhill after. Um, they still made the postseason okay. They had AJ McCarron, but Joe Burrow said he intends to play through it. So I gotta give him a lot of kudos and credit for that. Um, let's see, going around the rest of the league, I guess some of my takeaways. Man, did you see that crowd in Houston for Sunday? No, and neither did they. <laughs> that was pretty embarrassing. That was pretty bad. I've seen tickets were going for like four dollars. I mean, no, you what's, see, what's there I, to go watch? Right? No, I, uh, I, I agree. There's not a whole lot of uh, whole not, not a whole lot of promise there. Um, me and Brian talked about it yesterday about what they really need to do to kind of get back on track. But 
Move to St. Louis. <laughs> Leave Houston. Move, move to Tennessee like the last Houston team did. You know, I, and that's the thing I don't understand. There's talk about a third Texas football team. You can't even get two good ones in the biggest state in the friggin' union. But you want to put a third one in there somewhere? You want you want a San Antonio team or something? Come on! Oh Come yeah, on. I did see that post coming up. They wanted to ex- they, they wanted to uh, expand or something. They expand another four teams or something crazy like which, that. Yeah. Which listen, that's fine. That's fine. New York has one team. New Jersey has two. That doesn't make any sense to anyone. <laughs> Texas doesn't need three. Florida doesn't need three. Move the Jags too. They suck. Yeah. Oh, they, they'll go to England and just screw up everything. Oh, they, God, yeah. Uh, yeah, which I definitely I definitely don't want that. Um, some other takeaways around the, uh, I guess, around the league. The Saints definitely got to figure out their quarterback position. No kidding. Um, man, that Taysom Hill extension looks real nice right about now, doesn't it? Nate Peterman called. He wants his shtick back. <laughs> uh, Dolphins are rocking and rolling. They, they handily beat the Giants, who uh, who are probably going to be starting Jake Fromm next week. I don't know if you've seen that. Both Daniel Jones and uh, Big Neck. Uh, what the Mike? Mike? I can't even remember his name. Um, Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon. Yeah, these they're hurt, so they're going to get be starting Jake Fromm. Their season's in the toilet. Jake from State Farm. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, good for him. Good for him. Um, the Bucks are having a quietly like good year. Like it's not like they're not like loud. It's not like last year. I think where the, all the hype is gone. They're winning games. They're the one of the top teams in the NFC right now, and not nobody's talking about them. Well, you know, cause everyone's talking about Brady. Like you know, he they're just, not talking about the Bucks. They're talking about yeah. him. You know, I, I, he's he's on, on record pace, and here's a dude who you have to talk about him because when you start talking about the Bucks, you have to start talking about Bruce Arians and how he's a lying sack of crap. <laughs> and listen, yeah. I need Antonio Brown for fantasy playoffs. I need my, my I need my guy to come back. But you come out and said at one point there'd be no place in my locker room for a dude like him, and then you brought him in. Then you said one more screw up, and he's done. I screwed up, and he's not done. You're a liar. You're garbage, and you suck. You deserve yeah. nothing. And I, I don't know. Maybe the meds are kicking in. If you can't tell, I don't feel good, so my brain's not going to work well. But you guys, it, you guys are in for a treat later. Trust me. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's that's a fair point, though. I know. I know we didn't have it that as a discussion topic, but, um, but yeah, he faked a vaccination card, and and that's bad. That's a people go to jail for that shit. Yeah, and I mean, you're you're talking about a team who, like, they were the first one to wave the 100% Vax flag. Like, our team is Vax. We're committed to the championship. Are you? Because, and if you read the story behind this, him, uh, Edwards, one of their defensive backs, and another player who I don't believe is with the team anymore, all allegedly all turned down the vaccine at the facility administered by team doctors. Allegedly all drove to uh, Citrus County, which is 90 minutes away from Tampa, at the same time in different vehicles and got their vaccine there when none of them have any ties at all to Citrus County. Hmm. Like, so it's like, it's like a, okay, well, why'd you, like, why would you go there? Oh, well, we were meeting up at, you know, my aunt's house or my buddy's house. Hey, hey man, who do you know in Citrus County? Nobody. How about you? No. 
you? No. So what, you guys all got vaxxed at the same time at the same place in different cars? Well, yeah. I didn't know they were going. We just ended up there at the exact same time. <laughs> Come on. Like, and nobody in Tampa went, guys, really? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what does that I mean? What does this mean? If you're going to copy off someone's test, don't turn it in at the same time. <laughs> like, don't be sitting there looking over the dude's shoulder. They'd be like, okay, we're done. Cool. Let's go turn it in. Like, what do you, why? What are you doing? How do you think Brady feels? Like, I, I nobody's talking about this angle with that, too. About, I mean, I know a lot of people don't care for about Brady and who he is, but dude, he stuck his neck out for AB and try, just try to get him back on the right path, get his like mentals, you know, kind of all in the right spot. And then AB goes and does something like this. I think it's a bad look. It's a, it's not Brady's fault. It's not, it's not Tom Brady's fault, but at the same, like what, I mean, if I would, I tell him that AB, you got to go. Like you just like, I've been sticking my neck out for you. um, Like crazy. Uh, This is bullshit. I mean, but again, this is, and, and this is kind of a tell to your, you know, the tiered punishment of the NFL, you know, Aaron Rodgers comes out, is deliberately misleading to the media about being immunized versus vaccinated. They say nothing. Well, I think it was a different. They, 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 it was a different it. It's, a, it's a different circumstance. From my understanding, the NFL and the team knew that Rodgers was vaccinated or knew that what Rodgers' situation was. Excuse me. But AB, on the other hand, said that he was, and then got a fake card to to right. go. So that's that's the debate. Oh, and, and so that's the discrepancy, the right? So, so they find Rogers for violating COVID protocol, because which like was them saying like, yeah, shit, we knew he wasn't vaccinated, but like we really didn't like come down on him about anything either. Uh, here's your fine. Now these three have all gotten suspended for three games on top of a fine, right? Because you lied and violated protocol. But there was a dude last year who got fired. He was drafted and got fired before he stepped on the field because he tried to sneak a girl back into his hotel room. So he was fired for violating COVID protocol. Why, why are there three different tiers here? Oh, right. Cause one's a star quarterback. The other two are star skill players. And the other dude, some asshole that probably would have gotten cut in two years. Anyway, got it. Right. Got it. Yeah. The NFL sucks. Roger Goodell sucks. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers sucks. Tampa James, Bay sucks. James, Jamestown zone. Roger Goodell, Western New Yorker. What an asshole. <laughs> Uh, a couple other little things I want to touch on. Man, Washington is rocking and rolling lately, huh? The football They're- team back-to-back 17-15 Ws. God, I want it. And they got I really like their final stretch of the schedule. They have uh-huh. five NFC East, right? Five NFC East games, I think, ahead of them. They have, um, I think, two against the Cowboys. They got to play the Giants. Like, they, they're in good shape, I think, to, to make a postseason run. The entire NFC East plays each other and almost no one else for the next five weeks. Yeah. What a like, weird scheduling system. The, the, and the, and I, I think it's the Cowboys. Their non NFC East game is against the Cardinals. Oh. Like next week or something. Like, For, it's, I, I, I looked at the Cardinals like, formerly of the NFC East many, many years ago. Little, uh, right. little, little tidbit there. Yeah. A little shout out to our boy, Andrew Lenz. Andrew Lenz, right. Like we're we're sitting here talking about like the NFC least and who is the best team, worst team. They haven't even played each other yet. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> and they we have all... no idea what this division looks like. Right. We really, we really don't. Um yeah, it, it's 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 gonna be very interesting for the NFC East. I, I can legitimately see them picking, you know, or sending two teams to the po- postseason right now. 
Sure. Washington's Let's playing go. really, really. Yeah. Oh, I'm all about it. I'm all in on it. And I hope, I hope one of them's not the Cowboys. Cause that would be hilarious. <laughs> I don't want the Cowboys to lose, but I think it would be really, really funny. <laughs> yeah. Just, just a smidgen. It, it would be a little ironic, uh, but that's perfect though. The NFC East conversation, because it leads us to our discussion topic. Number two, Gardner Minshew went out and had one heck of a game last week for the Philadelphia Eagles started his first game. Uh, since December of last year, I believe it's been a whole year, um, but he had his way with the Jets. I get it. It's the Jets, but get, but Minshew seemed to have a better. Um, uh, he seemed to have a, a little bit better of an understanding of the offense of what Nick Sirianni wanted. Um, at one point, he had a perfect completion percentage. It was um, it, it was a pretty special performance for for Gardner Minshew making his uh, his Eagles starter debut. Um. Now, I know Jalen Hurts is the guy, right? They moved on from Carson Wentz. They, they shipped him out of town. Uh, so Jalen Hurts can kind of be the guy and have no other threats to his position, I I would say. Um, if Jalen Hurts struggles, did the Eagles just unfortunately create their own, um, create a new quarterback controversy? Um Actually, you know what? Let me get your thoughts on it. Let me get let, let me get your thoughts on it first. That's all. I'll just present the question and I'll have you go and so on and so forth. But um, your thoughts on, on this and the situation right now in Philadelphia, buddy, guy, dude, <laughs> my friend, you created a quarterback controversy the day you signed Gardner Minshew, <laughs> right? Like it's only a matter of time before this this walking legend that just exhumes machismo and just wakes up in the morning with a hard on to play football, smoke darts and fuck bitches (laughs) takes over when you bring him to your team. I am a Gardner Minshew truther. And it's not because I I, like, you know, I I liked the, you know, the bandana and the mustache and all the other stuff. All that's a bonus for me, right? Here's a dude who, if you look at his entire career, all he's ever done is be underestimated and win. He he holds all kinds of records at Washington. He's the winningest quarterback Washington's ever seen. His stats are almost identical. His college stats were almost identical to um, uh, some jack off that won a Heisman. Um, oh, Baker Mayfield, who was the first overall pick that year. <laughs> They're identical. Right. The difference was he didn't go to a huge guy, like a, a gigantic school. And he wasn't like, he wasn't supposed to be that guy. This was a dude who was going to walk on to Alabama to learn from Saban. He's like, I know I'm not going to play. Like, I, like, I, I know you're going to look at me and be like, listen, listen, junior, you're adorable, but come on. Like, I just want to learn from the dude. And then someone else called and said, listen, you can go learn from him or you can come break records with me. And he right. went and broke records. And then he went to the NFL and he started. And for some reason, uh, he got ran out of the locker room in just a great culture in uh, uh, Jacksonville because the dudes on his team didn't like the media hype that he didn't ask for. Right. He just showed up and started playing. And the media was like, Minshew mania, let's roll. And I honestly believe that there probably was some kind of like, competition this year between him and Trevor Lawrence 
And after a while, Urban Meyer had to get rid of him because eventually at some point this year, you'd be asking, why aren't you letting the other guy give it a shot? If you're, you know, especially when things are tight. Now, Minshew goes to Philly and he watches and waits. And then he gets a shot to start because your boy got hurt because he can't stay in the pocket because he's not a passing quarterback. And he comes out and gives you the best passing performance you've had all year. How do you bench him? How do you bench him? Right. You don't. If you do, you're an idiot. I want Gardner Minshew to go to a team that's going to give him a shot. I think he, I, I honestly think there is a con there's a, there's a growing controversy here. Maybe this is an overreach, but I know that Philadelphia has already come out and said Nick Sirianni, the head coach of the, uh, of the Eagles has already said that Jalen Hurts is their guy, whatever. Fine. That's fair. But I feel like I don't think it's going to last long. Man, Jalen Hurts has not played significant football. He's been a good fantasy football player. Like if you haven't had a fantasy lineup, fantastic. Great. But uh, when it comes to being the difference maker and in, in winning games, uh, it hasn't been all that great for Jalen Hurts. I was surprised just how great Minshew looked in that offense. I think that was the the, the like that was a huge takeaway that I, I took from this game is that he just looked comfortable. He was efficient. Um, he was he was just smart with the ball, right? Like Minshew looked like he looked like an elite quarterback out there. I guess everybody does against the Jets, but um, but I I I, I do. I, I this could be a big trouble, like a, a troubling thing for Jalen Hurts. He's gonna have to step up, and you know maybe this job just isn't handedly his. Um, you know, I, of course I want, you know, uh, I don't want Gardner Minshew just be handed the reins, but, um, I think there's gotta be this, this little quarterback situation quarter. I don't think it's over yet. I don't think it's as simple as Gardner Minshew just stepping in for an injured Jalen hurts. I like, how could we know how Philadelphia fans are, right? Fickle fickle as heck. You think it's going to last long if Jalen hurts struggles this upcoming week? Or, you know, they have a buy in week 14. If he comes out week 15 and struggles, you think the Philadelphia fans are going to be like, oh, no, let's keep giving Jalen Hurts a chance. No, nah, they're going to be calling for a guy like Gardner Minshew. Um, so I think uh, and, and I, I think things are going to be a little interesting uh, going just, forward here. Just for shits and gigs, uh, <clears throat> Jalen Hurts has played in 27 games. Minshew's played in 24. On the other side of that, Hertz has started 16. Minshew started 20. Uh, Minshew has seven wins. Hertz has six. Hertz uh, has 10 losses. Minshew has 13. That's a 375 win percentage for Hertz, 350 for Minshew. I'm not holding much of that against them because wins and stuff are a team. A team thing. Right, and, right. And Minshew was on, again, that dumpster fire that lives in Jacksonville called the Jaguars. But here's, <clears throat> here's, your, uh, here's, your, here's your comparison that I'm interested in. Uh, in almost equal play, almost. Hertz has thrown 200 or had completed 288 passes. Minshew has completed 503. Hertz has attempted 499. Minshew has attempted 799. Your completion percentage comparison for those playing the home game. Hertz has a 57.7 completion percentage. Minshew has, 60, has a 63. Hmm. Minshew has 5,541 yards to 3,496 for Hertz, 37 passing touchdowns to 19, a 4.6 touchdown percentage compared to 3.8. Uh, he has one less interception, does Minshew, has a far better interception 
percentage because of how much more he's thrown has four game winning drives to Hertz is one. Uh, they're even in yards per attempt. And let's see anything else good here. Oh, here's, and here's where, here's where Hertz blows him out of the water. Uh, rushing attempts, 185 to 96, 1,049 yards to 490, 11 rushing touchdowns to one. Mm. Uh, Consider like if you want to talk about other stats, I don't care about um, Gardner Minshew has better hair. I don't, <laughs> I don't care how good, like great. It's a weapon. It can't, but it can't be why you're my starter. Right. Uh, QBR 93.2 for Minshew, 82.1 for Hertz. Minshew is the better quarterback. It sounds like it. It, it sounds like it. I, I, I don't know how much longer, like I get it. It's Jalen Hurts first full year as the starting quarterback in, 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 in Philadelphia, you want him to kind of groom, develop, um, you know, just, just kind of learn a system. But I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think, I don't know if he's the guy and, and listen, we can be completely wrong. Like, right. We can clamor for a Gardner Minshew start and he goes out there and just shits the bet against a, a you know, a, against a team that's superior to the jets. It's certainly possible, but right now between the two of these guys, one Gardner Minshew is the hot hand. He is. Um, I mean, just, it wasn't even just that he led this team over the Jets. It was the way that he did it, right? It was it was kind of just the way that he did it, the efficiency, the the accuracy. Let me take a look at his stats from this past weekend. I want to get this load up. Um, Minshew was 20 of 25, 242 yards passing and two touchdowns. I don't know if I've ever seen Jalen Hurts put up more than 150 yards passing. I could be mistaken. Sure um, and just that clean of a game, right? We just seen the last game that that Hurts played uh, against the Giants, which is not a very superior, you know, not a great defense either. Yeah, decent, but not a great one. Um, you know, it, it wasn't a good showing. He threw like just made terrible reads, made bad interceptions. I I don't know. I think I'm gonna have to ask the Facebook uh, audience about this one. I'm a little curious as to where their heads at, but. Um, because this is something that not a lot of people are talking about. Uh, you know, they're like, oh, well, Jalen Hurts, QB1, we get it. He's their, he's their de facto starter. But uh, I, and, I think there's and, a little bit more to it. And, and that's fine. Because you know what I want? You know what I want to see? <clears throat> I want to see Gardner Minshew go somewhere. Um, Carolina comes to mind. Where there's weapons and a solid defense. And give him a good team to play on. Because I do believe that the Panthers are a good team. But I don't think they have a, they've had a good quarterback play. And that has made that defense look suspect at times. Because as we've seen, when your offense can't score, eventually your defense breaks. Right. Give Minshew a good team. Give him, and, and I think the Panthers are better than the Eagles. Top to bottom on that roster. They have more weapons. If McCaffrey can ever play a full season, they are easily have the better running backs. If, if, if on that one, a big if, big old right. if. Yeah, I really, if. I really think that Minshew could win with this team, though. Like, I'm, I think like, he can too. I, I think he can. I feel like he's like <clears throat> Nick, for Nick Sirianni, who I know Colts former Colts offensive coordinator. Um, I feel like this is like the, that prototypical quarterback that Sirianni can work with and, and develop and make into something special. Where you know, mobile quarterbacks, there's not a whole lot of great coordinators for that type of play. And it might be just uh, it's schematically. I don't know if it's going to work for Jalen Hurts long term. I, I really don't. I would. I want to see back to back showdowns. Sorry, back to back to back to back showdowns. I want to see Minshew against the football team. 
taking on uh, Taylor Heineke. Then I want to see him dominate the Giants just to show that he's better than Hurts in the last game Hurts played. Then I want to see him go toe-to-toe with the football team again in Heineke Minshew 2, the rumble in the Capitol. (laughs) And then I want to see Minshew take on Dak Prescott for the division in week 18, 17, whatever week that is, whatever stupid last game that is on January 9th of all days. I want Dak versus Minshew with the division on the line. That's what I want. I am all about that. I really truly feel that this could be the the difference maker uh, between postseason or not for Philadelphia this year. I'll tell you their season's over as soon as they announce that Fields is going to play on uh, next or a week from Sunday. Oh, you mean Hurts? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I do that all the time. All the time. They're the no, same guy to me. I totally same, get it. Same style of player, same like whole thing. I totally get it. Um, but yeah, so so that's that's definitely something we're going to ask the Facebook uh, audience what they think on it. But uh, an interesting little uh, underrated quarterback controversy kind of kind of kind of brewing up there in 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 Philadelphia. Uh, discussion topic number three. All right, the, the the Detroit Lions, they finally get their first W of the season with a, uh, a really, really good drive led by Jared Goff. Like, probably one of his best drive, like game-winning drives ever, even considering, you know, his, his time with the Rams and stuff, yeah, considering who he has around him. It was really, really incredible to kind of watch live on TV. Um, you know, a lot of people, they, they look at the Detroit Lions, they think that they, they need a quarterback of the future, but... Um, is, is, is golf somebody is, is golf somebody that can, you know, that maybe Detroit can build around perhaps is, is he, you know, is he going to be like a one or two and done in, in Detroit? Or is he somebody that, Hey, if this, if this Detroit squad puts something together around him that maybe they can win some games and listen, I get it. It's Detroit, right? If they couldn't build around Matthew Stafford, there's no way in heck they're going to do something special with Jared Goff. But I, 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 I feel like there's a lot of potential in there, and with a coach like with as, as energetic as Dan Campbell, um, there's there's potential. I, I think with with Jared Goff, and they've been a feisty team even when they've lost. They've been a very very feisty team all year long. Maybe one or two really bad losses. But uh, what, what are your thoughts on Jared Goff in Detroit? Um, I don't think he's a guy you build around. Okay, but I absolutely do think that he's a guy that you keep in the position as a, a really good bridge guy while you build for whatever's next. Okay. I think he's that guy that you, you can put, you start building the team around him and then find whoever's next. Okay. Um, which I mean, cause looking I'm just, just kind of scrolling through things here. Um, I mean, the, the first quarterback in this draft class that looks like it's, that looks like is going to come out. Uh, is the number 16 guy overall on a lot of boards. Uh, and that's, well, let me find it. It's Matt Coral from Ole, from Ole Miss. Right. Uh, we already know this isn't a big quarterback class. Uh, Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh is next. Then a guy from Liberty. You know, there's not a whole, like, you don't hear the big flashy names. You don't hear the big, the big deal. Um, and when you're talking about, like, the top 10 picks, not including a quarterback, you know, golf is 27. You can build around him. You can kind of get him into a spot where all of a sudden he's done well, but now you have a team around him. You have a defense that plays well. You know, you, know, you already have a running back in place for the next couple of years. 
And by the time Swift is ready to either get that big contract or move on, right? You can you know already have some some receivers in place. You have Hawkinson who doesn't show signs of slowing down quite yet, who's still fairly young as well. He's a great bridge guy. He's a great guy that you can bridge while like you can have him there. You have the position filled until you find the next guy that's going to be the last piece. That's what I would do if I was in the situation where I was building the Lions. I'm going, I got a guy that I can work around and work with <clears throat> until I find the final piece, which is my next quarterback. Right. Uh, yeah. That I, I can certainly, I can certainly see that myself and Brian discussed this yesterday on our, uh, on the losers club part of the, the, the film room episode about what the lions got to do to kind of rebuild. And, and, and like, I think it will be a backward step for the lions to re like reach for a quarterback in this upcoming draft. Right. Like it, yeah. If this guy is projected around 16 and, and trust me, a lot can change between now and, and April. It's five, right? Five months away, practically a little over five months away. Um, I, I, I like the, the buildup of wide receiver, go get some wide receiver pieces, go get some, you know, go get some offensive line defense, just defensive, just weapons, basically um, just, just things that kind of build this team up from the ground up. And, and, you know, with the increase of the salary cap next year, I, I really like what the lions can, what's on the table for the lions. I, I really do. Like Campbell is a guy like Detroit's not a big free agency destination ever really. Um, no. But I feel like like Campbell's a guy that I would want to play for. Like you could just tell by his passion. Like everybody said that Robert Sala is this big energetic guy and they've obviously won a lot more in New York with the jets um, than they had, than the the Detroit lions have. But I just feel so much more like um, I I feel a lot, a bigger connection with Dan Campbell. I feel like he's the every man's man. And like, he's a guy that I want to, I want to play for. And, and like, it could be an enticing spot for, for free agency possibly. Um, but, you know, when it comes to Jared Goff, we have seen what he's done. We've, we've probably seen his ceiling. There's, there's no doubt about it, but, um, but I, I think if you do build the team around Jared Goff, it could be competitive, right? Aaron Rodgers is not going to be around much longer. And you want, I think you want an experienced quarterback to kind of hold the reins up, you know, as long as you possibly can. Minnesota is a mess. Chicago, even though they might have their guy of the future, they're a hot mess. I'd feel more comfortable going into the next two seasons, building a team around <laughs> Jared Goff and seeing what you can do. And and honestly, it could be a turning of the tide for the Lions and, and then wait for that big quarterback class to kind of look, look ahead to the future, make some moves. Um, you know, but I, I think if I'm the Lions, I'm I'm pretty comfortable with Jared Goff at this point in time and for the near future. I, I think there's a lot of positive pros to him, um, to to what he can do. Yeah, I mean, you, what's the, what's the old saying in the NFL? You either have your quarterback or you're looking for him. Right. Right now, they have him. They have a guy that's that is more than capable. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's more than capable of being good enough. And right now, unless you have the guy of your future, that's going to be the guy that you're looking at for 10 years. What, what more do you need? Right. Yeah. I, th- I think they're in a good spot and, you know, Lions fans, I'm not sure what you guys think of, of, of Jared Goff. I'm not sure what um, I know. Jack is like a Lions fan, but he has like every, he has like seven favorite teams. So I'm not sure where he stands on, uh, <laughs> on that. We love Jack, but, um, but yeah, like diehard, like, like, 
Lions fans, like where does Jared Goff stand in your book? I mean, you gave up your guy. I mean, Matthew Stafford wanted to leave. There was no doubt about it, but he got him. He got a ton of draft capital. Um, I feel like this is a, uh, I, I think you can make something with this. I really, truly do. Um, all right, but that's it for discussion topic number three. Number four, Big Ben uh, privately, maybe not so privately, told some teammates that he plans on retiring at the end of uh, of this upcoming season. Um, I want to get your thoughts on when it should have happened. I think uh, a lot of us can guess that it should have happened a few years ago, but when, um, how long do you think it should have happened, and what does Pittsburgh do in the future as far as quarterback? Uh, I, I think big Ben is about two seasons too late on this retirement talk. Um, I just, <clears throat> he had a great career. He had a great run. And now he, he almost feels like the undertaker to me. If you're a wrestling <laughs> fan, like you get excited when you hear like, Oh yeah, I got this hall of fame, future quarterback, you know, under center and blah, blah, blah. And then like, like yeah, cool. Awesome. And like, and then you, you remember the last couple of years of what he's done and you're like, the Roethlisberger. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's going to be a meme, isn't it? That's absolutely going to be a that's meme. 100% I love it. Got to be a meme. Oh, I want dual credit for that one. I absolutely <laughs> oh, want dual credit for that. Naturally, one. naturally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, then you sit back and you you remember like what he's done over the last couple of years, and you're like, oh yeah, it's not what it used to be. Okay, like <laughs> I. And unfortunately, the NFL can't rely on cinematic matches to make him look good. Um, you know, maybe maybe he can go play football in Saudi Arabia and they'll still clamor for him. <laughs> big bucks. I don't know. <clears throat> maybe he can go to the WWE. I'd, I'd uh, be an all in on that. I don't hate I mean, Big Ben. He's actually been like, we've always known how good he is, right? We've seen a lot of good out of Big, big Ben Roethlisberger. You know, um, being here in Buffalo, going to some games, you know, and been you know, five so years ago when Big Ben was coming to town, it was going to be a world of hurt, right? They kind of always kind of gave Buffalo the business. Uh, the Colts, I don't think have ever have beaten the Steelers since like 2008. It's like been that long of a time because Big Ben has been that good. Now it's just it, it it is kind of fun and relaxed to kind of watch him and see what he comes up with. He's he has that old man mystique about him right now. That it's like, oh man, what's he gonna do next? Is he gonna make a big time throw? Because he made a couple big time throws like this past week. He's chucking the ball downfield. He's got that. Um, he's got that less is more mentality. I, I think. Um, where yeah, you don't have to throw the ball all the time, but when he does, it's 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 special. It's an attraction. It's it's all that jazz. But um, I, I I unfortunately think that you are right. I think it is two years behind. Um, two years too late, two years too late that, that the, the retirement announcement should have came. I was surprised it didn't come at the end of last year. Um, but it's, it's, it's I think hard. We all were. I think we all were like fully expecting it, especially getting embarrassed in the playoffs the way that they did. But man, and not just the playoffs, like from week 11 on last year, like it didn't look great before that, but they were winning. So you were like, well, I mean, he doesn't look awesome, but I mean, Peyton didn't look awesome his last year either. Right. And then they just started playing real teams and it just got uglier and uglier and uglier. And then the playoffs happened and you were like, what am I watching? <laughs> and then I'm pretty sure like he came out and said, I'm, I'm in for this year. And even Tomlin was like, fuck. 
yeah, man, love you, buddy. We're happy to have you back. Son of a bitch. Uh, why did the gong play? It's the it's a Royal Rumble. Why why is the gong playing? I I hope to God that he comes back. Like he did. <laughs> he comes back next year. <laughs> I hope to God. Um, yeah, he's gonna go play quarterback in Miami. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. And, the, and the USFL and the new USFL or so go play in the new USFL. Love yeah. to see. Oh, it. you know, moving moving to warm weather uh, did wonders for Brady. Maybe it'll help me. Where's that avocado tequila? He's he's slurping <laughs> on. <laughs> Where does where does Big Ben stand in, in NFL? Uh, excuse me, in NFL history, deal um, as far as quarterback play because obviously he's been one of the most consistent. He's been the greatest Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback of all time. But in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of NFL like lore, NFL history, where does Big Ben stand for you? Stand for you? I would probably put him hovering the top twenty. Um, He's definitely, I don't, he's not a top 10 guy in my opinion. I don't think. Okay. Um, where he falls after 10 <clears throat> without actually breaking it down and looking at it, which I think would be like a fun, kind of a fun off season uh, thing for a little project for us would be to do like a, like a top 25 of all time or something like that. And just see where like, we feel these people fall. Right. Um, you know, and I, I, I don't idea. know how he is like how if he's number 11 or if he's number 20 but he's in there somewhere i think you think he's in that that 10 to 20 at 11 to 20 range i see what I you're saying so. uh first bad hall of famer oh god yeah okay i'm, a, I'm in the he's, same he's been too there. good for too long you know right. it's you know you talk hall of fame not including him i mean what multiple times super bowl champion you know he's been, been a staple of pittsburgh who has been a staple in the nfl for years yeah, I'm sure the entire that entire division views the Steelers the way like our division views the Patriots. Right. Oh, these guys again? Are you kidding me? Like, come <laughs> on! I thought we had these guys last year. Like, no. Then, then, then the Undertaker gong plays. You get choke slammed through a table, and you end up in a buried alive. Mess I was gonna say. Next thing you know, you're buried alive. Um, yeah, it's it's because like. Big Ben has been so consistent for so long. It's so weird, his like the perception of him, right? Like he's been around for like a long time and has won a lot of games. Has put Pittsburgh like they put Pittsburgh back on the map. Pittsburgh was kind of a like a black team in like the eighties and nineties. A little bit more better in the nineties, but man, he really took them to new heights and stuff. But he's never really viewed for changing the game, you know. Like in the same way, he's never like viewed as like a Brady esque player or a Drew Brees, which is I always found like like a little peculiar that he was never like taught ever really talked about in those discussions. You know, when you talk about big men, you're not talking about in the same breath as Brady um, Manning, even breeze. And I, I, and he has the longevity in, in, in the, the, the statistics and the accomplishments to kind of back that up, but he's not really viewed in that same light. I always found that. I always found that a little weird that, uh, you know, where big Ben kind of stands in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, I mean, the only thing you can think of when you talk about this dude changing the game would be like that quarterback who you saw have a defensive tackle hit him in the chest and he just like turned, rolled the guy off him and threw the ball anyway. Like, I don't know. I miss also, Mobile, while, I miss while Mobile you were Big talking, I, I do too. While you were talking, I also had another thought for you. Um, if Big Ben is the undertaker, Tom Brady is Chris Jericho. <laughs> 
reinventing himself constantly. Yeah. Constantly reinventing himself, constantly finding a way to be at the top of the promotion and just like finding ways. Like I hate Tom Brady to my core, but I love, I, I like Tampa Bay Tom. I don't know why. And I thought, and, and if, and if I, if I, I will probably never ever say those words again, but we're talking about a dude in the WWE who got the word it over or, or a list of a piece of paper on a clipboard. Yeah. And here's Tom getting a B over again. I know. Let's see if he can do it a third time. Fuck it. Good on him. Fuck it. Let's go Good on him. <laughs> Speaking of let's go. It is time. My friend, it is. Oh, is he's it? rolling his neck out. Um, we're probably, we might even post this video. I am excited. I'm just going to put my feet up and listen. <sighs> Uh, the Bills, of course, uh, what we referred to at the top of this episode, falling to the New England Patriots. What was it like 14 to 10? 14 to 10. 14 to 10. Uh, Monday night in uh, in Buffalo and a just abysmal, just miserable game where Mac Jones threw completed two passes. passes. He, he, two, he completed two. Two for th- three for 19 yards. Yep. And they just ran the ball. They they just looked good defensively. Where the Bills kind of came out and just just looked flat and looked, um, kind of like they have. All, I mean, not like they have all year, but like one week they're super hot, super electric, and the next week they they play against a a, a good team, and they just don't look like themselves. Um, Jaws, let's uh, let's let's hear your thoughts on this. First and foremost, these are two of the best teams in the NFL. I'm ready to call New England one of the top teams in the NFL solely because of their defense. Their defense is very good. Um, And it's hard to not be a top team in the NFL when you have a top defense in the NFL. Right. The Bills are in that boat too because you can tell me, oh, they ran for 250 yards on 49 carries. Okay, sure. Yards don't win football games. My defense gave up seven points. Like he gave up one touchdown and two field goals. Right. I mean, come on. My defense, my defense was not the issue here. The difference in this game is the Patriots hit their home run. The bills missed theirs. That ball to digs. And I I heard from a friend of mine that the commentary on that play, that deep ball to digs in the end zone was that, you know, he, he lost the ball because the wind was moving it around a little bit. The ball hit him in the hands as a number one receiver. And I love Diggsy and I don't blame Diggsy drops happen that people are, they're human. People are not perfect. Um, but when I, if you want to win football games, your stars have to make star plays when the game matters, the game matters. One of my stars didn't make a play. Josh Allen missed a couple open receivers. There was one where he could have had, um, I believe it was Sanders over the middle for a, a catch turn and run. And it probably would have went for at least 13, if not more, Um, I heard there were a couple other instances of that, that it was tougher to see from where we were sitting, but I heard it happen a few times. Um, My my, my coaching staff get like time and clock management. I have no idea what we're doing. Um, I don't know. I, I, I haven't seen like in a, in a controlled setting, the challenge that we, that we threw on the sneak. Um, I can tell you when we were watching on the big board, I was staring at it and I went, I'm pretty sure I see Mac Jones's knee on the ground and his body upright. And they gave him the spot of where he fell and slid on top of someone. Right. And they gave him the whole, well, not a whole, not enough to overturn. Cause we can't really tell like, 
but if you can't really, you challenge a spot if you know. Like, I don't believe one of two things needs to be blatantly evident if you challenge a spot that you're going to get it overturned or you're going to be screaming, what the fuck are these guys looking at? Neither one of those is the, is, is, is the thing here. I think the argument could be made that they missed it, but it wasn't blatant. So why are we challenging? Cause you know, it would have been nice when we went for it on fourth down and we, and the ball got swatted it, late in the game. It would have been really, really nice to have three timeouts and to be able to say, you can't just run, run, run game over. It was, it would have been run, stop, run, stop, run, stop. And if as long as you stopped them from getting a first down, which they'd been doing better later in the game, you still have a shot to win the game. Right. Clock management was awful. Um, and, and that's been a knock on McDermott for a long time. Really, that's my big issue with McDermott. Um, I, I, love, I, I love the man. I love what he's done for the city. I love what he's done for the locker room. I love the attitude that our team brings. I love the, like the whole, you know, it may not make sense today, but you need to trust that it's going to work. Because where has that taken us? You know, every every time the Bills hit a, a downscan, what do you? Oh, the process. The, here we go. Here's the process. We were in the AFC Championship game last year. I, I trust. I trust the man knows what he's doing when it comes to building this football team, and so on and so forth. That team is too talented to be doing what they're doing right now, and I think there's a lot to that. I think if you just had the drops, you probably. We probably still have a shot to win that game. If you just have the poor clock management, the drops, like you don't need to worry about clock management because the drops didn't happen. So we keep moving down the field and maybe score points or we score a touchdown and we're in the lead on the digs pass. Uh, there's just so much to it. And right now the problem we're running into is there's just so many little things that it's becoming a big thing. I watched my quarterback yesterday vacate the pocket because he thought there should be pressure because of how bad my offensive line has been for a month. Right. You know, there were times that he, he pulled the ball and moved and moved out of the pocket because he thought there should have been someone bearing down on him. There wasn't a a lot of those times there weren't the bills. Offensive line did a great job against Matt Judon, who people are raving about as a pass rusher this year. I think the one they had two sacks. I think so. One, maybe two, Um, you know, and I can sit here and say, like, when you, when you couple the clock management, when you couple, like, Dable's play calling was atrocious. Like, the Patriots found a way to run the ball 40-some-odd times. And what would they do? Oh, that didn't work. Change, let, change it. That didn't work. Change it. That worked. Go to it again. Go to it again. Go to it. Like, literally, they played Madden. You can't stop this play. Okay, you figure out how to stop it. Now let's run this one. Oh, you stopped that one. Okay, let's run this. You can't stop this play. You can't stop the play. And that's what it was. I'm just going to run all these different kinds of running plays. And we didn't really the, the, the run plays that, that killed us were the stretch plays. Once we stopped those stretch plays, they couldn't do anything. Right. And, but like my offense needs to score points. I, 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 I listen, I didn't like Brian Dable for the first couple of years. He was here last year. He kind of won me over. I have been less than thrilled with him this season. I've said it a bunch of times. You cannot be this, this goddamn predictable. There are just facets of our offense that we don't use that were key components of what we did last year. Listen, I understand, you know, <clears throat> McKenzie was, was out, has been out the last two games because he, I mean, an unforced fumble that really was the, the shot heard around the world for the Colts game. 
And that's a big thing. Like, you can't do that. That being said, Matt Breda did it yesterday. Are we going to see him again? I don't know. Right. But he's been a great, he's been a big part of our offense. At some point, I understand it, but you know, you you have a gadget player that other teams have similar that they use. And we we stopped this year for some reason. Um, I actually just saw one of the one of the Buffalo uh media guys just said, I think our relenting commitment to try to prove we can run the ball is actually worse than our inability to run the ball. Like what what is you know, and I read it all night, all last night, and all today. Oh, we need a dome. We need a dome, and blah blah. blah. Like, and we're not built to run the ball. Well, why? Why did you build your team this way? You live in Buffalo. Well, I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers. The, the 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 Packers aren't built to run the football, and they play in Green Bay. Right. Kansas City is not a a, a nice toasty destination. It's windy. It's cold. It snows. They don't stop and say we're going to run the ball now. But Got, for some reason, well, the Bills did. Right, you had like you have a quarterback with a huge arm with the wind at his back, which I and, th- and that's where it started for me yesterday. We we won the toss, we deferred, they took the ball, and we took the wind to start the game, which means we get the wind in the first and the third. Don't you always want the wind in the fourth? Always. You would think so. Yeah, I mean that that that's football one one in my world, but no, what happened? We took the wind in the first and the third. Okay, great. Make a statement. Stop them. Get the ball with the wind and let's shove it down their throat. Let's prove that this weather isn't going to slow us down. That this, like, we're going to run into the back of our guard. We're going to run into the back of our guard and we're going to run into the back of our guard. Great. Awesome, guys. Fan fucking tastic. Like, no. Okay. Why did you take the wind if you're not going to throw? You could have done the same thing and had the wind at your back later in the game. You know, when you tried kicking a fucking field goal at 40 mile an hour goddamn wins. Pre-game, Tyler Bass was missing 30 yarders in that quarter. Why? Because the wind was whipping across the goalposts at 50 fucking miles an hour. Right. So what? It drops to 50 or to, to 48 miles an hour. So you thought you had it. What are we doing? Come on. Yeah. Like, those are the decisions that bother me. The we're, we're going to try for this field goal because, you know, then if we co- if we get this close again, then we can kick another field goal and we'll have the lead. OK, but you missed the fucking field goal and now you still need a touchdown. Just go for it now. You're in the same boat. Oh, it's frustrating. I, no, I, 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 I completely understand, man. It's it's a lot of like last. Year, it's crazy to think how far Dable has fall like fallen. Right. Like last year, he was a head coaching candidate. Nobody wanted to see him go. Now, this year, people want to see him go, and he's probably not a head coaching candidate, like not even remotely close. Um, it, it, and, you know, unfortunately, like not just yesterday, but this whole season has just been like mind-blowing to me, uh, watching the Bills as they are. They've already lost more games than they, than they lost last year, which is like that's like a weird, like a weird thought, considering that this team it supposedly improved. You, you, you drafted where you were weak. You know, you got the defensive line beefed up. You got, uh, you know, you got another playmaker on offense. Um, I just think that they became, like, it's it's crazy. They, they built themselves up to beat Kansas City, and they they did that. But now the whole, like, how quickly the league is, like, figuring out these these pass-heavy offenses. And I think that's where Buffalo went, went wrong. I, I think that's where they went wrong, at least from my vantage point. Um, they didn't really invest in the running back position. They haven't really invested in the offensive line. 
which has been confusing over the last couple of years. I think people were just so satisfied last year because the offensive line was uh, played a little bit better than it had in previous years. that They're like, oh, okay, well, I guess we don't really need to spend a whole lot of time on that, right? And and, and obviously you need a good offensive line to get a good run game going. We don't have the running back. Excuse me, Buffalo does not have the running backs to, to really kind of uh, scare anybody, right? Big facet, and, and I take this back to my days, uh, you know, uh, as a Coles fan watching Peyton Manning, right? They used to love running play action, love running play, play action. They had a serious run game, right? Edger and James and uh, and Joseph Adai eventually. It just, just so many pieces that you can have run play, you know, be able to pull off play action. If I'm like a defense playing the Bills and they try to run play action, I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, this is this is like this is football fundamentals. This is football fundamentals that they have gone away from because they were trying to be Kansas City as far as this high-powered electric passing offense, and that's like, and they lost it, right? They got rid of Shady McCoy. Shady McCoy is, I mean, he was half in the bag as it was when when McDermott arrived, but you know, Shady was an, an excellent tool on offense as far as running back and opening things up for the passing game. But the Bills don't have that anymore. Right. It, yeah. The, Josh Allen can run play action plays, but the defense can be like, oh, well, whatever. Devin Singletary is going to run into his own guard and just is after two yards and we're good. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Second I, and eight and, and all this jazz. I don't, I don't get the run design either. Like I, I'm, I'm watching this and like, you know, like I said, the Patriots ran 40 some odd times last night. And the only time they repeated looks was when it worked and they went back to it and went back to it. The Bills, it, it's literally the, the definition of insanity. Well, if we run this ball up the gut again, it's going to like eventually we'll break one. When? When we do run the ball well. And, and, and don't get this twisted. If this is Singletary's last year or if next year's his last year, whatever it is, I don't know. I'm not sure where he is on his contract, but he will go somewhere and he will be a top running back. He's good. I, I've seen Devin Singletary run the ball and run the ball well. Right. More consistently than anybody else on our team. And we do not run block well. I mean, he's he, he's top 10 in yards per carry right now. Uh, what? How do we have a top 10 running back in yards per carry, but we're not like, but we, like, and the Bills actually run the ball technically until last night better than the Patriots had been as far as yards per game and everything else. So uh, it really, to me, it's our scheming sucks. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's awful. I really do. I think you do. I mean, you lost the mystique of Josh Allen too, right? Right. Cause Josh isn't, isn't, hasn't been a mobile quarterback this year, right? Mobile as far as is creating separation, you know, with him and the offensive line and, and incoming defenders, but he's not really a threat on his feet anymore. And I, I mean, I get that for long-term, right? I get that for long-term, but you, I mean, Josh Allen was the run game for the longest time, like last year. And that would made him a dual threat quarterback because you were afraid that, Hey, if we committed too much to the past, that Josh Allen was going to go and get a first down on his feet. And well, he is and, not that guy anymore. And I, I think that is part of the scheme. You know, what, what do you run? If you, if you're not running the football, well, what do you run instead of play action? When you have a mobile dual threat quarterback RPOs, right? Nobody believes a, a play action pass when we drop that, when he's under center, he turns around and, and fakes the handoff and rolls out. Nobody believes it. And even if they do, they're like, oh, 
well, if I don't commit to the run, um, somebody else probably blew up our guard and is going to going to stop the run anyway. So it's fine. Yeah. I can commit to Allen, but like if you run those mesh plays, those RPOs where, you know, he can hand it off, he can take it or he can throw it. Now you have things to worry about because, well, if we overcommit, if we all overcommit, he's going to hand the ball off. If we commit to the run, he's going to pull it. And if we all commit to the run too hard, he's going to pull it up and throw. And that was what Allen did a really, really well last year. And we used motion and we used different, uh, you know, all kinds of different formations. And the answer to that this year, the evolution of that is we're going to come out with two, two running backs, a tight end and two receivers in gun five wide. And then pre-snap motion into a, like just pre-snap, pre-snap reset into a different formation. Oh, I think we saw what they're doing now. Cool. Great. Hand the ball off for negative two yards. Awesome. Like, what are we doing? Like, what, why, why is this the move? Why did the creativity of my offense take a step back? It, It would be different if it looked creative and wasn't working. But it, ju- it literally just looks like that dude who never had to learn how to play Madden and just, oh, the stuff I've done, I, I did back in 05 doesn't work anymore. <laughs> Come on, I'll, I'll figure it out eventually. Let's just keep doing it. Yeah. And it's they, frustrating. It's really, it really is. And I understand. I mean, I understand it. I, it It's frustrating as, as, for, for me to watch. And, you know, and I, listen, I, I dog. I dog the Bills a bunch. It's more so maybe at some of the fans that I don't like. Um, Jaws, you are of course one of the fans that I do like, but you know, I, I still, I still want to see the the Bills succeed. I still want to see Buffalo do well because um, it's good for the city. It's good for everybody. But they just they don't ha- they don't seem like they're having fun out there anymore. It, it, it and the creative thing it brought me back to like 2019 uh in in 2020 when when Dable had these just amazing play designs right and they were marching up and down the field quickly and I know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago um you know how they used to go you know have these like brilliant like first like first opening drives and they kind of taper off a little bit but um but that like that mystique is gone there there's no it's just it's it's plain it's it's plain it, it is vanilla play calling um, it certainly feels like it. There's there's minimal creativity. There's minimal um, just mixing up. And, and this is you know going back to the, the me talking about Frank Reich last week and and, and you know 27 straight pass, pass plays that they did out of RPOs against the Bucks and you know uh, eventually defense is going to catch on to that. It, they're they're going to yeah. catch on to it, and you're not going to you're not going to find success. You can't get away with that every year. Listen, the Chiefs didn't get away with it last year. Yeah, the Chiefs made the Super Bowl, but they didn't win the Super Bowl because they kept, that was their mo. They 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 still just try to be pass happy, and the Bucks were like they weren't playing that shit. And Buffalo's not going to do well out of that. You, you can't. You just you can't do it. Um, I think that their off season is a lot. Their off season needs are a lot deeper than than people are willing to admit right now. I would say. I mean, I. We need we need help at guard on both sides. Um, I think, <clears throat> at least I hope this year is an awakening for for Dawkins. Uh, Spencer Brown is my starting right tackle, uh, forever. Yeah, he's an anchor. He's definitely an anchor. And we you got to start thinking about you know who's next up if Mitch Morris goes down. 
or when you're done with him because he's getting up there. That's a bad contract too. Which and then they keep finding ways to to get it better and better, but it, it's just one of those things where you need help it, up the middle, like right up the middle, guard guard center guard. You need help. Yeah, and the answer is not on your team right now. It's just not. Um, you know, as far as defensively, obviously another corner is is, is a huge, a, a big one. Um, but I mean, if you, I, I think if you fix the offensive line, a lot of the problems start to go away. You know, you don't have Allen flushing out of the pocket because he thinks there's going to be pressure. You know, uh, does, does Brady flush the pocket because he anticipates pressure? No, nope. he gets rid of the ball and go like, because he feels pressure. And otherwise he stands back there and goes, I'm going to throw to him. Like, because he's got all day. Why? Because you keep him upright. He's going to win you football games. Correct. My quarterback shouldn't be running for his life. My quarterback... I, I cringe every time Josh runs. I do because I see my future flash before my eyes with a Dak Prescott-esque injury. And that scares me. I don't want that. At the same token, I also think that Brian Dable's a control freak. We've talked about this a few times. I yeah. Josh Allen earlier this year, they asked him a question about like, you know, if you see something, how much freedom do you have to to make changes or at least like say something to him? And his answer was, I have the most say out of anybody and I really don't have any say. So, like, at what point are we risking ruining my quarterback here? Right. Because if he's sitting there seeing things and he's being told, no, do this, and whatever doing this is is wrong, which it looks like it is, at what point, like, this dude's going to start questioning his instincts, questioning his, you know, his, his abilities, questioning his decision-making. And I think we're starting to see that this year. I, I want Dable gone. I do. And I, I, I didn't think I would say that this year. You know, last year he came out the first couple of weeks and it was very vanilla. It was very bland, but it was, we're playing two or three teams in a row that we are just flat out better than, and yeah. we're going to beat them because we're just the better football team. And then as things started to go down the road, we started to open things up and we started to get more creative and we went on a pretty help, a, a damn good run. And then this year it started the same, except we weren't just flat out better than Pittsburgh because our offensive line struggled against their defensive line, and we made no adjustments to fix that. And that's been the MO to beat us. If your offensive line can dominate, or can, if, if your defensive line can dominate our offensive line, we're in trouble. Right. Um, coming into this week where we're playing Tampa Bay, who has a pretty good defensive front uh, and who stops the run as good as anybody, a better, sorry, better than everybody else in the league. I don't want to run the ball a single fucking time. Throw the goddamn football, try to hang 50 through the air in Tampa Bay in nice weather and say, catch me if you can, Tom. Because, oh, wait, we we did this last year. We played a team who was good at stopping the run. We threw the ball 57 times and made the head coach of the other team go, well, we had a good plan if they ran the ball. No, No shit. We didn't. Fuck you. Where's that team? Where's that team that the other coach goes? Well, I fucked up. Right. Oh, wait, he's wearing a Bills uniform this year. I do think if the, the Bills, uh, I think the Bills are still going to make the postseason. There's no doubt about that. But um, I, I think that Dable is going to be scapegoated this year. I, I think that's uh, somebody's got to get scapegoated, right? That's just yeah. kind of the, the, the MO. Somebody's got to get fired. And Dable could find him like crazy, crazy how he went from head coach candidate to, to possibly scapegoated. Um, Which, and he still may land a head coach job. Because maybe they like what he, you know, what he's about and everything, you know, I, and 
you know, maybe, maybe with an, a, a, like a, somebody that, you know, can kind of rein him in because right now it's just him on, on, on our team. Right. If he's a head coach, he's going to need an offensive coordinator. So maybe if he brings somebody else in who kind of understands what he wants to do, but can say like, Hey man, you have head coaching stuff to do. Let me call the offense. Like maybe they make him look like a fucking genius. I don't know. But uh, I hope someone takes a shot at him because I don't want him anymore. I'm, I'm done. Um, and the other thing I'm done with is I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty done with Bill's fans. I, as, as a Bill's fan, uh, Bill's fans piss me off. Like you wouldn't believe. No, I believe every, it. Every single loss this year season was over. We're not making playoffs. Like it, it, it's become popular to predict doom. And I'm sorry. When you predict doom, that's that, that's the coward's take. It, it's 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 cowardly to predict doom. You know who wins the Super Bowl every year? One team. And anybody who predicted doom for the Bills is going to sit there and say, "I was right. I told you from Jump Street we weren't winning a Super Bowl." Right? Well, cool. You and thirty-two and thirty of your closest teammate friends are right. One team wins it. One. So saying, well, I, I told you, I told you, you didn't tell me shit. Cause you know what? Ever we're all, we're not even making the playoffs. I don't believe that. And if you pay attention to the NFL and how, like, again, we've talked about it. We talked about it at length today. This is a long ass episode. We've talked about it at length. This, every single division is eating itself. I'll tell you what the, the matchup between the Colts and the Patriots now is a win-win for the bills because yeah, either the pretty, Patriots yeah. Because either the Patriots knock off a team that's chasing us or the Colts help us get back in the division, depending on what else, what, what else we've got going on. Right. So, I mean, that's a win-win for us now. I, I, honestly, the worst thing that could happen is an Indianapolis win against, uh, against the Patriots because that brings them a, a game closer to us. Correct. That, like within reach, you could tie it up with a win, right? Because I think they play the Pats in like two weeks, or no, yeah. they they play the Pats. I think the week after the Indy plays them. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. So I, like, if if Indy wins that game and we win against Tampa, now all of a sudden you're looking like okay, like now that game against the uh, game two against 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 Patriots is looking like this could be for the division again, right? <laughs> like on the other end, if the Patriots knock off the Colts and say, okay, so they're going to win the division this year, barring an epic collapse down the, down the stretch. Uh, you just help me by knocking somebody behind me that's chasing me down a little further. And again, the, 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 the South and like, or not the South, the, the North and the West are going to keep eating each other. They're just going to keep eating each other. I don't think the Chargers make the playoffs. I don't think, I, I don't know who's going to make the playoffs out of, um, uh, like the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Raiders. I, yeah. I, you know, I just don't know. And at the same token, none of those teams I look at and go, they're better than me. So they're going to make the playoffs ahead of me. Right. I, I'm sorry. I, the Bills, in my opinion, are still one of the best teams in the AFC. This, this loss sucked. It hurt. And it was some, definitely not what we needed. But we also had that win. That's a game that we had the win a few times. I'm intrigued to see what the what, what the Patriots game plan against us looks like in four in three weeks now when we go there if it's not 50 mile an hour wins because you just told me you don't trust your dude throwing the football. Basically. You, you just told me that. Right. So 
I'm going to step up and stop the run and hope and, and say, my, I think my secondary can handle it. What can handle what they need to do. I, I don't know. I should be an interesting rematch. That is, that is for sure. But, um, but that is a wrap everybody on this week's discussion topic episode, a very passionate episode and stuff for, uh, uh, from Jaws, of course, and just a lot of good discussion topics going on. We thank you, as always, for your supports. Make sure you go check out all of Jaws's podcasts, of course. Hats, Tats, and Stats, Tip of the uh, tip of the Cap, uh, Common Debauchery, the po- the, the Producers, and go check them out. If you want to hear more rants about various things, go check them out. All right, great stuff. My brother actually is a huge Derek Jaws fan. Uh, he probably likes him more than he likes me. But he, got, he asked me, he heard one of your uh, Jaws's Bills rants a couple weeks ago, and he goes, does Jaws have any of his own podcasts? I'm like, oh, boy, does he ever. Go check him out. So um, he, he's got him subscribed. So make sure you go check him out. Um, but that is it, everybody. Thank you so much. And on behalf of Derek and I, till next time, the two-point conversation is good. 18, 18, 18.